welcome everybody to Core Voices Talk Show. Thank you for joining us again this week. Um, I would like to appreciate everybody for being here in this space with us and helping us to talk about things that are difficult to address. And I want you to know that this is your space. So if you've got questions, pop them into the comments and we'll try to see if today's guest can answer some of our questions. Today's topic is a very interesting one. We're going to be talking about menstrual dignity, as in periods, and the idea of shame behind them and how this has come about. Our guest today is a wonderful lady and sister of mine. She is absolutely incredible. Her name is Manjeet Gill. She is the CEO and the founder of the phenomenal charity called Binti International. It's registered in the UK, India and the US. And Binti has a vision to create a world where all women have menstrual dignity. Now, this is something that I didn't know much about until I actually met Manjeet and she helped me to understand how much of an issue this actually is. So please join me in welcoming Manjeet. Hi, Hi Manjeet. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Wonderful. There's a slight delay in the audio, but I think it's okay. I think we can live with it. Um, I didn't manage to um, celebrate all of your wonderful achievements. Um, I've got a huge long list of all of the achievements around the work that you've been doing, the wonderful nonprofit work. Um, and I want to say thank you to you for everything that you're doing. And I know a lot of our viewers today and listeners, they don't know about the work that you do. They've probably never heard of Binti. So I would like them today to have an experience of understanding why Binti exists and the work that you do. So we'll go with why does Binti exist? Um, I guess it's an interesting one. I, I don't think I would have ever have imagined that our work would actually be needed um, seven years ago because we just quietly live our lives and we don't really think um, about other things perhaps that people are bothered by. But I was working with the Sherry Blair Foundation and I was working with a young lady in Nairobi and we used to speak every week. I was helping increase the revenue of her business. And one day she said to me, Manjit, do you know that women in Africa don't have access to menstrual products? And I think I was taken aback because I worked in a very male-dominated space all my life. And the idea that I wouldn't have had a pad would have meant that I wouldn't have done anything. Um, right. And that's when reality set in, that there actually are women and girls around the world who don't have access to menstrual products. And it, for me, it's like the most basic thing. I, I don't believe that I'm a very vulnerable person. But that one time in the month where perhaps I am, how could it possibly be that we don't have access to menstrual products? So that's kind of why I started. That's that's amazing. I mean, when we think about nonprofits and we think about countries that, you know, like what we call third world countries, right? We think of clean water, we think of food, we think of shelter, but the mind doesn't immediately go to thinking about uh, menstrual products for women. And again, yes, so one in 10 people in the world still don't have access to clean water. When there's an emergency or a humanitarian disaster, we do drop food, we do drop water, but we don't drop menstrual products and women are still mm -hmm. bleeding. And then when we start thinking of things like that, then you realise, well, what do the homeless women in the UK do? What do women do when they're running from violence in a domestic, domestic violence situation? 
or um, just this idea of actually, because it's not something that we talk about, people yeah. aren't really aware of it. It's probably the biggest elephant in the room, right? Even in the UK, uh, one in 10 girls in the UK can't afford menstrual products. What? That was a recent stat two, two years ago. One in Are you 10. serious? In the UK? That's, that's, yes. And it's kind of the same in the States as well. Wow. Again, like I, I'm stunned by that. Um, the things that we take for granted, like it's something that every woman goes through, but we don't think about it when we think of vulnerable people, right? Yeah, because essentially if you just imagine, if, you, if you're living off benefits, one daughter and maybe a mother, hmm. each product then costs up to three pounds. Um, if you're on your period and it's a heavy one, it might be six pounds a month. And then both right. mother and daughter, that's easily like 12 pounds, isn't it? So wow. And yes, it's, that's a lot of When money. you start dissecting it, it becomes clearer. Wow. Do you think that the world is pretty well educated um, on periods? Not at all. Whenever we walk the streets of London, we're quite horrified by how little is actually known about menstruation from girls as well as men and boys. Um, even though we have sex education in the UK, right. we believe that menstrual education should be a standalone topic because um, there's so many facets to menstruation that you need to understand as a woman so that you can manage it well. Can, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because last week we had a wonderful guest. We had Peter Verdi on the show and I asked him, um, I don't know if you saw, saw the show, um, and he felt that most men, and um, I, I asked you generally, do you think people in general are educated about it? Um, and he felt that men in general are pretty well educated about it. Now, you're somebody who works in this particular field, and I'd like to get your answer to that question. Well, maybe men know that women have periods, and maybe they know that it comes every month. And maybe they know also that um, she gets upset with her cycle. So that's about it, though. They don't know. We don't know ourselves that we're on our cycle every day of every day in our lives. We don't know when it's a good time to do something creative, when it's um, the best time to relax and take care of ourselves, go inwards, not speak to people that are going to irritate us. You know, there's so many things that we don't know. We don't know which the, the best products are or um, that there's organic products available, that there's menstrual cups. Um, we don't know how to talk to our daughters. We don't know how to explain it to our sons. I mean, really? I, I think that most men don't know what a period is. And um, I was I was waiting for per uh, Peter to actually explain what a period was when you asked him. <laughs> we didn't get that far. <laughs> a swift change of conversation, but just because they say, I mean, actually, when I'm in a boardroom and if I'm explaining the work that we do, we generally focus on the money side, right? We tell them how much money is lost as a consequence of not having products and how little it will cost to make sure that all women have access. Because men don't want to hear about gory details. It's too much because they've not been taught about it. But if we can change it in a way that the next generation are thinking about it in a way that it's so normal, we, we find that from the schools that we work with. When kids think it's just another normal thing, then it becomes um, something that isn't such a big deal. Right. 
So one of the comments that just came in from Jasmine Anand, she said, in our school, they only taught about periods to the girls. The boys didn't even have to attend the lesson. So maybe not as many males are educated about periods as we might think. Well, we're not really taught about boys' puberty either, right? So as a yeah. mother of a son. But I think um, if I, I think different, right? I mean, boys definitely they go through a process of changing, right? But um, we're going to think about equality. Then we have to think about the fact that we don't under, we don't know men's puberty or boys' puberty either. So that if we did, like for example, I remember when my son, um, this was just two years ago, he came back from school and he said, "Mummy, um, I had sex education today." And mm -hmm. I remember all of my insides. Oh my god! Don't ask me anything. And then I said, so, um, well, "Well, what do they say?" And he said, "Well, mummy, um, they separated the boys and the girls, and they told the girls if the boys ask what the, what the the rappers were to say yeah. that they were sweets. This is a top school. This is only two years ago. This isn't something that happened in India or somewhere else, right?" Right. And then he said, "And I think boys need pads too." I said, well, what do you mean? Why would boys need pads? He said, well, what about wet dreams? We have wet dreams. And I thought, this is my son who I've actually taught about menstruation, and he's, a, he's one of our ambassadors. He knows, right? But he's come away feeling confused as a consequence. So I think that girls and boys should learn about puberty independently to start with, but they should know about what each other are going through because then they'll be a bit more empathetic. And then they realise it's normal, right? It's normal. Girls go through a change and boys go through a change. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful point. And I appreciate you saying that because my initial response when you were talking about women understanding about boys' puberty, I was like, come on, like how much is there to it? But of course, when you're going through it and just remembering what it was like being a teenager and dealing with all of these new hormones and all the craziness and school and life in general, it was a lot. Um, so... Being empathetic. I think I, mean, I understand, absolutely understand what you're saying because I remember when I first started, <clears throat> one of my most earliest conversations was with a was with one of my colleagues who I really um, respected, and he said to me, "Magic, you know, when you talk about periods, you've got to take into consideration how the men feel and what they what their experiences are." And I said, "Their experiences? What do you mean?" And mm -hmm. I just remember my blood boiling because this idea that men go through an ordeal because women are menstruating, right? that was not really important at that time. What was really important at that time was to make sure that all women have access to menstrual products. But right. I've learned, obviously, that in order to create change, you've got to take the men with you. I, so I agree with you. Gonna take absolutely with you that we have to take the men with us. But I think it's still very different. I'm sorry, I'm standing in the female corner because... Men go through it once in their life, right? Women first have to go through starting our periods and then later in our life, and we have to deal with them every month generally for the rest of our lives until we then go through menopause later in our lives. And that's a journey that men don't go through. So they, they wouldn't be able to understand how difficult it can be or what it can be like for women. So I don't think it's, I, think I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think it's an equal comparison. It's not an equal comparison, but if men were taught at the same level as girls were, then men yeah. can support their women, their daughters, 
all the way through their cycles, all the way through their lives. Yeah. We can eradicate shame at the beginning when we start and we can eradicate shame at the end when we finish because that's menopause is the next taboo, right? We don't know what yeah. to expect when we're going through menopause and dare we tell anyone because then we then they think we're old and we should be on the pile of rubbish and they don't understand that it actually it's a very traumatic experience again. So yes, yeah. you're right. I think they need to know and be taught alongside us. Yes, I, if we want to change, we want to change the conversation, right? Really. Mm -hmm. And what have been some of the things that you've heard from men um, in your journey of of doing the work you do with Binti? Well, um, I remember one lad. He said, um, instead of providing free menstrual products, why don't women just hold it in? And what? This is an English boy, right? Um, he said, <laughs> women can just I'm sorry, that's just so Well, they don't know that we bleed for seven days a month or five days a month or three days. Or they don't, some, most men have never even touched a menstrual pad, right, or a tampon. I dare oh. you. Look, speak to the audience. How, much of you, how many people in your audience have actually touched a pad or a tampon? Unless I've put it in their hand, like with Peter, I have given him a pad and he has looked at a pad and he's felt it, he's seen the wings. And you have to, you have, this is education, right? This is normalizing the conversation. Right. So we ask all of the men who are tuned in, you know, try to push yourselves, put yourself into that situation. It might feel uncomfortable, but if you're our allies um, and we're learning about each other, then please follow Manjeet's uh, instructions and just do that. Go and get a hold of a menstrual pad and just hold it and see what it feels like and then send a picture to binti.period. Tag them on Instagram, okay? Help us to change the narrative, right? Because it is just like anything else, right? Why can't it just be like a box of tissues or handkerchief or socks? Yeah. I remember growing up. Um, if I wash my underwear, my mum said that I had to put a towel over it. So I know where the shame comes from. It's not that it suddenly just appeared. It's It's mm -hmm. been there from generations, right? It's the most private mm -hmm. thing. Women shouldn't talk about it. But then what happens is we suffer needlessly and um, it affects every aspect of our life from um, not being able to have kids, not having a good day in the week, making bad decisions in the month, getting really upset, suffering with the pain we don't know what normal amount of uh, blood that we should be bleeding is you know we shouldn't even be having painful periods but we've just been having all of this stuff over the years and nothing's changed right and I guess for a lot of people as you said it's not the most comfortable of topics just because no one's ever had the conversation in a normal way it's had amongst females with each other very rarely with probably men in the room and I, I agree with what you said, that it's important for both genders to be educated because who, whoever of us are, are parents or are going to become parents, it's a responsibility of both parents to be able to support your kids through that change by understanding what's going on and making them feel comfortable with it. Um, smashing shame is one of the slogans of Binti. Where does that come from? It comes from just this idea that we've got so much shame 
around the conversation and the only way to overcome it is to smash it. I mean, there's shame around many things, right? But I believe that periods are the foundation of life. We're letting our daughters and girls believe that periods are dirty. Now, imagine right. if you're told that periods are dirty. You kind of just imagine how you're taking it on the inside. How how will we empower our girls to know that they're in charge of their bodies, that they have the right to say no, or that if they know, if how, how do they get along on a day-to-day basis when they're not in charge of their body? You know, they're run by their emotions or they're run by their hormones or they don't even know when they're going to start their period. Most of us don't know when we're going to start because no one's ever taught us that, well, let's manage our cycles. Let's see where we are. Are we on day one or are we on day uh, 28? Are we on day five? What happens on day 14? When's a good time to be really creative and get as much done as possible or do the more difficult tasks? When is it better to perhaps stay away from people? So... There's so much benefit from understanding. And in particular in India, if you ask a girl what a period is in India, the only thing she knows is that it's dirty. She doesn't know whether, where the blood comes from, or why she bleeds, or how to take care of herself. Now imagine us, right? We, we're kind of... I remember when I started my period, I was horrified. I kind of knew what it was, but I was still horrified, and I was so petrified to go and tell my mum. And I remember, because I felt this immense amount of guilt and shame. I had blood in my underwear. What did I do to make that happen? And what was my mum going to say as when I told her? And all she did was she kind of stuffed a packet of pads in my hands and she um, kind of gave that look on her face, which meant this is not something that we need to ever discuss again. So imagine the look and horror on her face. Um, when I started this work, I took her to India. And, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, when you, when you imagine when you go to India, right, the only thing that you ever really do is you go to the bend and then you see your family, you stay with your family, and then you come back. This is the first time I went where I was allowed to be an adult, make my own decisions, didn't go as my mother's daughter. And I said, look, Mum, I'm going to go and interview people. Um, and it was kind of a newfound freedom for me. But when I took these conversations, I recorded them on a phone. They were in Punjabi and in Hindi. My mum listened to the conversations and she got the phone and she chucked it across the manja. And she said, Why do you have to do such a dirty job? And I just laughed because I remember thinking, Oh my God, I didn't realize my mum thought this was dirty. Because she'd never really, apart from one conversation when I started, never really talked about periods ever since so there was no restrictions per se from the relationship that we had around menstruation with her and then I remember um, a couple a year later I was actually due to go no a year later she called me up and she said um, she was doing some fundraising or collection for a charity and how much money should she put me down for? You know, when your mum asks you that kind of question, you just say, Hanji, mum, and whatever. And I said, yeah, okay, 50 quid, that's fine. I said, mum, you do know that I run a charity, don't you? And she said, well, your girls, they have, they have cloth. They have kapra. Right. The people I'm speaking to, they don't have anything. And I thought, hmm, okay, interesting that she just accepts that 
it's okay for them. They have something to use as a period product, right? Even if it's a dirty rag, she didn't mm -hmm. think there was anything in it. And then um, six months later, I um, remember another significant moment, and this is probably the one that changed everything, where it was a cold autumn day, and the next day I was due to go on to Seek Channel, and um, uh, the presenter was uh, one of these um, white-bearded Uncle G's, and I made the silly mistake of wearing um, jogging bottoms. wasn't expecting anyone to be at my mum's house, and then when I turned up, uh, we had some cousins over, and my mum said to me, she said, make sure when you go on television tomorrow, judge the kapre pai, you know, wear proper clothes. And I said, Mum, you're worried about what I'm going to wear. I'm worried about how I'm going to speak to Uncle G about periods. And she says, don't you dare speak to him. You speak to the girl, the lady female presenter that's with him, and you speak in English. And this <laughs> remarkable thing happened because Uncle G was brilliant. He recognised that we have this problem in our community. He said that it was really important that we get the support that we need, and well done. And I remember my mum, you know, the next couple of days, it was like, oh, this is my daughter, my daughter. <laughs> and, and it's the same with the conversation with Peter, right? Imagine it's taken, it took me three years, nearly four years, to find a Sikh man that would stand with me and say periods are normal. Hmm. Because up until that moment, I guess... Um, in the beginning, I didn't really think that there were any taboos or stigma associated with periods in the Sikh faith. Like, I don't remember anyone ever saying to me that I couldn't go into the Godzilla to do seva or anything, right? But I remember about three years ago, there was an article in the Times paper in India where someone had suggested that um, some Gitan artists couldn't perform if they were on their period. And I was like mortified, thinking, what? How is that possible? And then I started doing more research and lots of other articles popped up and then conversations. I started asking my girl friends, is there any time? I think I spoke to you, I spoke to Monica, Cor, um, and then the truth came out that, yeah, sometimes when you're a Gitan artist, there's places in the Godwara around the world where you can't perform or... There's some women and men that don't let you do seva because you're on your period. Yep. So this fact remains that not all women can do seva in all Godware, and it's astonishingly yep. – I, I, I was lost for words. And then I started pushing for it because I, I, I remember speaking to as many um, people within the Sikh faith as I possibly could because I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. I went to – first – went to Singh Sabha in Southall, my Godwara. And I remember speaking to the president and I said, look, this is the problem. Um, we need to start having these discussions in the Godwara so that women understand that this is not what our faith says, right? And I remember, <laughs> remember the president saying, um, sorry, Beta, it's uh, election time and we don't want to talk about anything so controversial right now. <laughs> It's not good for the political agenda. <laughs> yeah. um, when I found Peter, and I remember it was a very casual conversation to start with, and he just kind of looked at me and he thought, and I could see that him trying to process the information because he was quite shocked and surprised at it because perhaps he hadn't thought about it either. 
And then when I met him the second time, he mm -hmm. told me that he'd had a conversation with his wife and that the cleaner had come into the house and she said that she couldn't clean uh, Bob Buddy's uh, space because she was on her period. And he was absolutely shocked. Like, can you imagine? This is in the UK, right? So mm -hmm. his, their cleaners couldn't. And then I said, well, you know, I've spoken to a girl who said that she couldn't go to her father's funeral because she was on her period. Like, imagine that time. An English-educated girl said she couldn't go to her father's funeral because she what? was on her period. Like, why? How, how do the two things correlate? I don't understand. Can I ask you a favour, Mike? Yes, um, you Could you just speak a little bit louder? Because I'm, I'm like, your volume's really low. Yeah, even if you just come closer, that'd be cool. Okay, how, how, did, how did the two things correlate? Um, if she's on her period, why why was she not allowed to attend her father's funeral? Because uh, she's impure, because menstruation is impure. And um, there are some faiths, uh, whether it's faith or cultural, I, I would expect it's more cultural than faith, where when a woman is menstruating is considered impure so she's not allowed to participate in the um, cultural activities like any of the activities so it's the same as not being able to do seva right there's some things that you can't do because you're on your period so yeah i'm just honestly i'm flabbergasted right now that somebody would be denied to to be able to go to their own father's funeral because they're menstruating that that just it doesn't sit with me. I don't understand how that could happen. Well, it, some Gujarati girls have told me that the first time she, um, they met their mother-in-law, the mother-in-law has made it very clear that if um, she was on, there was no hugging allowed. She wasn't allowed to go in the kitchen, wasn't allowed to do any cooking, um, had to pick, use different uh, sheets and bedwear to sleep in because that impurity is quite... Why? Big. This is in the UK. This isn't India yet, but obviously oh it's not to India. Oh my gosh! This is like it's it's horrifying that this we live in the twenty first century. But I can I can share from my own experience. Um, you mentioned about in Sikh spaces how periods are um, seen, perceived, and you know how women are treated. Um, you're right in what you said most people will not know that because they've probably never been in a situation where it's become a hurdle for them. But when the institution is male-dominated, right, there's men in every space that organise each of the different spaces, from the langar hall to the bathrooms to the divan to the prashad to everything, right? Um, even if there are women who are on the committee, they're not the ones who are running the show. Um, so it's the men that make the rules. And in their mind, yes, they see periods as being dirty. Um, that was what I was told when I was younger. And I wanted, I think I asked an auntie, this was back when I used to live in the Midlands. Um, and it's because you don't know. So you ask your elders, right? Or you go to the gyani, the knowledgeable person, right? Um, and you ask them the question that, what am I supposed to do? Or what am I allowed to do when I'm on my period? right? Um, because you don't want to make a mistake, especially when you're young. And whatever answer they give you is going to stick with you for the rest of your life, right? Because you you then 
Um, because so that to be the truth. So I was told, that, you know, I can't do, I can't sit with Guru Granth Sahib on Tabia. I can't do part. Um, I can't even be in that vicinity, let alone sitting on a stage to do Girtan. I could wash dishes in the kitchen. I could do some cleaning in the toilets, right? Um, I couldn't even cook food. You, as in, that's what they tell you you're not allowed to do. And there's no rule book where you're going to see this written down blatantly for the for you to read from. But this is what happens when you ask, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, absolutely. And, and I remember. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Carry on. Could you just come a bit closer because your 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 volume keeps going up and down? Yeah. I remember actually um, when we signed the period policy in the Godwara. This is leading up to it. I spoke to the Gyanya. I'd started going to the Godwara quite often because I wanted them to know who I was. And um, I went up to the Gyanya and I said, Sasrikal, and do you know who I am? And he says, Ha, Putmana Patatukona. And I said, Okay. I said, Actually, you've seen a Sukhmani side the Bhadkan Lagya, and that we, we, I was telling him about the date that we'd fixed. And I wanted to kind of gauge what his thoughts about the policy was. And I was petrified, of course, right? It wasn't that I've done this many times before. First of all, I had to speak in Punjabi, and that was another. It, I, I know how to say it now, but I didn't back then, right? So okay. I remember saying to him, and he said, he said, yes, it's really important work that you're doing. He said, and um, then he highlighted the fact that you couldn't sit to behind uh, Baba the bead to do seva because what if you leaked? And I said, mm. oh, yeah, what if you leaked? I said, but what about the men that come in and maybe they haven't washed their hands or maybe one of the bargain there, like if you're in India, because he was from Bangla Sahib in India. Mm-hmm. I said, what about them? I said, what about if a man's got, hasn't got nice thoughts in his head, like he's thinking something that isn't perhaps righteous? And it was kind of the funniest thing because he stepped back for a moment and then he thought about it and he said, you're right. I said, if we want to empower our daughters for the future, we've got to let them. Did Guru Nanak Dev you say that we, we, we're not as equals or did he say that women need to – did? I mean, simply, just quite simply, why can it be that there is a time or a place when women cannot connect or pray to God? Simply. I absolutely you know, That's what it boils down to from my perspective. Like if I'm teaching any girl anywhere in the world, especially if um, she can't go to the mandir, because that's like a big one in India. She can't go to the mandir. She can't go to the mandir because back in the day they – wanted you to rest right but then actually the best way to explain it was I was I was teaching a school of kids in India and I was just I was kind of it was my early days so I was just a little bit presumptuous and um, I was speaking to the girls and I told I asked them which of you can't go to the mandir and none of them put their hand up and I'm thinking okay I have to try even harder because I need to open them up and get them to start and then um, one of the girls put their hand up and she said, well, we, can't, we can't go to the mosque. And then I realized that the girls I was teaching, although it was in India, were, they were all, it was a Muslim school. So they've kind of captured what the Indians do and taken it into their own religion. Yes. 
that's what we do. We just take the community cultural things that we're not even aware of where they come from or why they exist, you know, like mm -hmm. not washing your hair on a Tuesday and all of that kind of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many restrictions in our lives anyway. We make so many excuses not to connect and not to, or not finding the time, right? And then on top mm -hmm. of it all, we have all of this other stuff that we add. Why do we need more? I agree with you. I mean, the simple thing is that the Sikhi that Guru Nanak gave us gave equality, gave women power and freedom and celebrated femininity, right? But it's, I think, cultural evolution, I'm putting it under, which is not the truth. It's a lack of education, which is the actual answer that leads us to still being in our religious spaces, right? Or places of worship and not being treated as equal or being labeled as dirty. If women didn't have periods, people wouldn't be born, right? It's as simple as that. You can't have babies if you don't have periods, okay? So anybody who doesn't know that, please go and learn about periods. Manja, I want to ask you, tell us what would be the most important thing or things that everybody should know about periods? Well, I, I think you've just not nailed the head on one, right? We all exist because once upon a time someone had a period. Yes. That's essentially those are, I can fun facts, right? That's the first one. The second one is do you know that once upon a time, all women are born with all their eggs, right? We know this. All girls are born with all the eggs they will ever have in their lives. So when my mother was an, an egg, in, when my mother was a baby in my grandmother's body, mm -hmm. I was a grandmother. Oh wow! Because I was in my mother's womb, right? So, if oh, we're, that, that's the power of understanding why we feel so connected to our nanya, for example. So that's another fun fact. Another one, I guess, the the one that I would like everybody to know is that we are on our period every day of the week. We need to learn where we are on our cycle so that we can manage our lives better. And if we manage our lives better, we just have a a better time with it. Um, mm -hmm. I know that every month, for example, you, many of us will say the same thing. I thought my life was ending. I'd feel really miserable and depressed and couldn't understand what was what was why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And then the next day I start and then I realize, yeah, that was it. And even though I've done it every month all my life, I still get caught out because you don't understand the emotional impact that menstruation can have on your life. Like it's such a massive thing. Um, I know that the guys don't understand and therefore they can make PMS jokes and things about it. But fundamentally, if boys understood that right from the beginning, they would be so much, the conversation would be completely different. You know, we'd already have some exciting product that was launched um, to help us with that site. We'll have a digital pad, for example. <laughs> if men were bleeding, if men were periods and cycles, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this isn't to give you guys a bad time for the people that are listening, but essentially it's that important. You know, get involved and understand what menstruation is about because you do have daughters, you do have sisters and wives and friends and people that need our support. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so 
I think that that's really helpful. And I absolutely agree. People need to be educated and you have to care first to go off and learn. And uh, people can learn more on bintiperiod.org. But there's also plenty of other things. When you Google, you'll find it. But go to bintiperiod.org. That's where you want to learn. There is so much to learn. Uh, there is so much to learn. And it's not something that just happens with Sikhs or just Indians or South Asians or, or whatever um, label you want to have. Even in the UK or in America, we still shove products up our sleeves, right? We, we have yeah, blue liquid. true. Right? Why do we have blue liquid on adverts? Because the men might realize that we bleed red, right? That's so that kind of where it comes from. Question, that why is it that in adverts for period products, why do they use blue liquid? Because it's scary. <laughs> well, uh, we, we've actually spoken to the manufacturer. We've said, we've said, you know, that this perpetuates secrecy and shame. And they said that they've got bigger things to worry about and they don't understand that as a grassroots organisation, we, we, we know that this is an issue, right? We know that this is why girls don't want to talk about it because they're getting all of these subliminal messages whisper there's a brand called whisper pads in india one of the biggest pads in india yeah. there's an organization called whisper um wow we, we can't change the narrative until we start looking at the language we, like, we don't Why think do we about it until someone shows it to us right and now you're saying all of this stuff i'm like oh my god the brand is called whisper i wouldn't have put the two things together or, or sanitary pads why is what, we're saying that they're dirty? Periods are dirty by using the word sanitary. It should be menstrual products or period products. So where did the name sanitary come from? From there, from the idea of it be, being dirty. Well, what is it when you have something that says it's sanitary or sanitation? What is, what kind of idea does it evoke in your thinking? You'll be clean if you use it, <laughs> and if you don't, you'll be right. dirty. <laughs> Because, you know, we don't even know how much blood we bleed because we use disposable products. We kind of bleed into, and I'm, uh, I I'm sorry if it's too graphic, but we bleed into the pad, we kind of cover it up, and then we throw it away. Nobody knows what the normal amount of blood is. Mm -hmm. If you use a reusable product, you would kind of be in touch. You'd wash it, and you'd know how much you bleed. So, I mean, do you know how, how much how much uh, is normal for a woman to bleed? Like, if I say how many tablespoons of blood? I, I, I don't bleed? know. I, 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 as a woman, I can say honestly, I don't know. I was going to say like this. Yeah. This maybe we'll leave that question. <laughs> leave that question out there and see if anyone gets the right answer. Okay, you guys, you need to answer that question and tell us what's the amount. Okay. I think probably about 100 litres in a week. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> you don't even drink one litre. 100 litres. Okay. So to help some of the people out there as well, um, <clears throat> what sort of products do women generally use when they're on their periods? So if a man was to want to help out a female in his life, what sort of products would they get? What's available? Yeah, I think, again, uh, we kind of have a product that we 
start buying because someone got it for us when we were a teenager. And -hmm. because we don't know all of the vast array of products, we kind of use that one for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. So you might use a pad, you might use a pad with wings, you might use a liner, you might use a tampon, you might use um, a menstrual cup. We've got organic products these days. We've got biodegradable. Um, We've also uh, got reusable pads, which is something that we sell as well. I mean, there's so many, right? And I think that women should have a choice. I'm not. Um, I'm an advocate of making sure that you choose the right product that's for you. You might like the really thick sandwich one, or you might like the one with wings. Um, it kind of mm-hmm. depends, but we should teach girls and actually let the boys know what those products are. Okay, what do you use? Am I allowed to ask you that? That was very personal. Of course, no, but I think I've seen, I remember when I was younger, they used to have these thick, (laughs) thick pads with little hoops on them and then you had a little belt that you tied on like suspender belts and it was crazy. It was just like shoved up, (laughs) shoved up (laughs) between your legs and and like nappies. If you think about the the change in nappies through the year, like you had terry cotton nappies once upon a time, and mm-hmm. then you went to disposables. You wanted to live in a fast world, right? Mm-hmm. And then those those nappies give your kids rashes because yes. the, it was horrible the absorbent stuff. And then eventually, Pampers high tech nappies have come out, and they eliminate um, nappy rash and stuff. And it's kind of the same with the materials. You know, as they've added more plastic and chemicals to the products. I mean, can you imagine? Do you know how many bags of how many plastic bags are in a packet of pads? How many? Five. Really? So we are every single, every single menstrual product you and I have used is still sitting on the planet somewhere. Oh every time God. we have a period, five plastic bags minimum is oh what we're God. consuming by having. Okay, uh, I'm, so you're blowing my mind right now. So much stuff that you're saying that I had no idea about. And this is, this is, oh my God, this is terrible. More people need to know this. Yeah, we're all responsible, we're all responsible for period mountains. You know, we have to think about how do we create a sustainable period or how, how do we have a green period that's better for us because we're not putting chemicals and plastic between our legs. We can have organic products that are good for our skin. You know, tampons. Nobody, I don't think people know how terribly unsafe it is to insert something that's bleached, isn't natural, is plastic. You can you can die from it if you leave it in for too long, right? So it's just really understanding that there are options available that are more healthier for us and better for the planet and cheaper, actually, sustainable. Can you imagine that um, the manufacturers have decided that we have to buy a packet of 12? Right, and they let you know that you probably need to change three or four times in a day. In mm-hmm. India, the girls will have two pads for the day. That's it, because they can't afford to change them. We change them like we're changing. We change them so many times, we don't even change. We change them without even realizing that we're changing and we're buying more and more and more. Why do disposable products exist? Because we keep that cycle of purchase, right? Oh, my gosh. That's that's actually quite sickening. Oh my god! Yeah, and 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 again, the manufacturers in this industry 
This is the only industry that manufacturers are allowed to provide menstrual education with their brand. So Procter & Gamble, Tampax, or um, always, they basically go into schools, teach kids about periods, not really the way that we teach them. They don't mm -hmm. talk about the shame, they don't talk about the language, or any of that, but they do give them samples of their products. Okay. So they want to make sure you're there right from the beginning. Oh my gosh. So what did women used to do before pads existed? Kapra. Cloth. Cool. Pure and simple. Yeah. And how hygienic is that? Well, yeah, even even the reusable products, we have to teach the girls how to use them. We have to teach them, like for example, in India, the girl when you imagine what it, when a girl says that she uses cloth, she's not using like a nice white terry cotton soft cloth. She's using an old sari that's perhaps still got sequins in it. They share their cloth because they don't have enough cloth in the house. And mm. then because of the shame, imagine, first of all, they've got those water pumps in an open communal area, so they have to kind of be really discreet when they um, try and wash them. And then when they do wash them, they don't hang them up on the washing line, of course, because God forbid anyone were to see it. They kind of stick it under their manja or their bed, right? And then what happens, as we all know, is if something isn't dried properly, that it's damp. And when it's damp, that's when the bacteria gets um, becomes oh, an issue and a problem. So mm -hmm. it's teaching those girls that if they... And when, when we go and provide education, we're not going over like a, a um, an organization from the West where we're stipulating, oh, you must use menstrual pads. We're saying that if you are using cloth, then don't share it with anyone. You, when you wash it, you've got to put it in the sunlight because the sunlight um, disinfects it and sterilizes it. So it's really important to understand why someone uses something the way that they do. And if you do, then you get a better understanding of how their life is around it and how, how can you empower them to understand their own body. Like for, I think the biggest thing mm -hmm. is that actually the one that sticks out for me always is that if I can get a girl to understand her period then I'm teaching her how to say no and we're decreasing those numbers of rape in India. That's my bottom line for me because every girl deserves dignity, right? Right. That's the basic of basis of everything that we do because I don't think sometimes people understand that yeah okay it's just period products but it's such a basic foundation for a woman to live her life mm -hmm. absolutely it is there's some of the answers have rolled in to the question about how many how much liquid <laughs> how much blood do women bleed during their periods so Four litres on your worst day. One litre, question mark. That seems like a lot. They said, I don't know. Um, somebody said 10 to 30 millilitres. Um, and that's what we got coming so far. So do you want to tell us? Well, if it was if it was litres, then we'd all be in hospital and in blood <laughs> transfusions. <laughs> Actually, it's only three to four tablespoons. But... Imagine that when we have our periods, it feels like so much blood. 
is only three oh. to four tablespoons. So it's like that much per day, right? Not on your cycle. Really? No. Okay, mine's way yes. more than that. So, okay. Well, you either your pad explode everywhere and you think that, oh, my God, I'm bleeding so much. <laughs> or maybe you are bleeding too much and you need to see a doctor. So it's one or the other. But okay. it is only three to four tablespoons. So, I can't remember what the conversion to milliliters is. Okay, so um, a few of the sisters on here. Um, somebody's Valerie, Valeria, she said that she uses a menstrual cup. And that's actually what I use as well. Um, and before that, I used to use tampons. And somebody's mentioned on there that they use tampons all the way. And they're celebrating the brand that they use. And they don't realize when they even have their period because it's so convenient. And I used to use tampons. And it was only until I learned about how harmful they are for the body I understood what toxic shock syndrome is um, and how it can be triggered through using tampons because it's called a sanitary product, but that's not a place where you would put those sorts of chemicals. Um, and it was, honestly, I didn't understand that there were so many chemicals in there. Um, you see white cotton and you think, oh, this is clean, therefore it's okay. And yes, they're so convenient, but they're not safe. Um, and I was just, my my world was kind of like shook when I realized they were not safe because I was like, what am I supposed to use now? Because my periods used to be really heavy and I've never really talked about my periods in public before. So this is nice to share it with everybody, I guess. Um, and I started to use a menstrual cup. It was one of my friends um, from Germany that I was living with and she introduced me to them. And now that's what I swear by because it allows me to understand that I'm not contributing to any, you know, pads and tampons being left in the world and, you know, polluting the earth because they're not, they're not biodegradable as you pointed out. Right. Um, but that my blood can just be, you know, it can just be washed away. Um, so that's what helps me. And I would just suggest that if you use tampons, check out menstrual cups they are life-changing and they don't pollute the earth and they're safe for your body if you get a good one. Yeah, Sorry. it just takes a little while to get used to them. It does take a while to get used to them. It does, but for same with people. tampons. I mean, yeah. when you put a tampon in, it's it's not the most comfortable experience, right? You have to kind of readjust and, like, you know, you walk funny for the first few days. So, yes, there there is a process of a few days of getting used to it, but once you get used to it, um, it's life-changing. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so it's, any, it's anything like, for example, even if you use reusable pads, you, ex you, you sense and have that experience of understanding. You connect to your body because you can hand wash them. If you hand wash them, you get a, fe you get a feeling of how much blood you're actually bleeding. And you take care of yourself again. You know, it's like the nurturing aspect of it rather than this, Oh my God, disgust, disposable pad, throw it away. Don't want anyone to see it. You know, it's, it's so much different than handling it. Well, how do you feel about your cup, right? You have to handle it. You have to wash it and then yeah. you use it again. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, the other I, thing, <clears throat> sorry, the other thing is, do we know what, uh, what our vagina or our vulva or can we label the bits that are there? Most women can't but we can probably draw a, um, a man's penis, for example, quite easily. <laughs> right? but we're not taught these. 
unfortunately, it just, it's that disconnect. You know, we can draw a finger. We can label different parts of our body, but we don't know yes. where everything is. Okay. And, and that's the problem. Okay, next time I get you on the show, I'm going to get you to draw on the screen what a uh, vagina looks like and to label the parts so that everybody can be educated. Because you're, you're right, like, <laughs> everybody can draw a penis. But how many people could label a vagina? That's, that's a very good point. So if we don't know well, the baby, it's actually sorry. Yeah, it's actually evolved. Oh, I'm sorry. The vagina and vulva. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> well, that's going to be our next. No. Show. We'll call that sex education. <laughs> I might not be able to help with all aspects of it, but I'll be able to label it at least. Um. Okay. A couple of good questions. Um. One is, how often would you have to wash? reusable pads or menstrual cups so see a menstrual cup is a menstrual cup you can wear up to 12 hours right so wash it and then you could re reinsert it right is that how you use yours so i i wash mine every time i remove it and i remove it like maybe four to six hours depending on how i'm feeling and how heavy my cycle is and every time i remove it i'll wash it um and i'll wash it with hot yeah. water um, and then it's good to go again. Because most people, if they are out and about, then they will just empty it, wash it with water and reinsert it, and then at the end of their cycle, they'll boil it um, yep. to clean it. If it was a reusable pads, then you'd wear your, your reusable pad like you would a normal pad, and if you, for example, are changing three pads a day, then you would wash them as you would a normal, as you would as you would change them. Mm -hmm. So let's say you use three pads a day, when you get home, you would wash those three pads and then use another three the next day. Okay, and Binti provide reusable pads or where can we get reusable pads from? Yeah, we sell them, we sell them. So yes, get in touch with us if you're interested in them. Okay, cool. Um, can you tell me um, or share with our listeners and our viewers um, what, work binti does so you've you, you know you you educate people about menstrual dignity what other work do you do and in which parts of the world yeah so it's kind of threefold primarily the first one is that we eradicate the stigma and the shame because until we've eradicated the stigma and the shame it's going to be very difficult to make impact in any of the other areas the second one is we work to provide products be that um, reusable or disposable, low cost or high cost, whether we donate them or whether we do um, collection drives for them. And then the third one is the menstrual education. And of course, the menstrual education, it has many facets. So we cover the stigma and the shame, we cover the biology, we talk about the spiritual side of it, and also the cultural side of it so that we can eradicate the stigma and the shame. And we work in the US, um, obviously the UK, India, and across Africa. We've been in about 13 countries across Africa. Wow, that's amazing. And um, I don't know if anybody's watched The Padman, but I watched that that movie last year, um, and they have that machine, right? So in my head, like that's that's what I'm imagining, as you're saying, when you go to these places. <laughs> is, is that what you do? Do you provide um, the means for people to produce their own pads as well? 
yeah, that's that was actually how we started. So back in the day, that the Padman movie is um, is basically who we are. But then we've kind of progressed from then because not everybody has uh, the means to produce their own pads or want to produce their own pads. But we teach them about how to make them or where mm-hmm. to get them from. Because I don't know, I don't know if you when you, if you can recollect. But have you ever been to Punjab or India when you've been on, and have you been through the process of understanding how difficult it is actually to be a woman and on your period in a place like India? I remember <laughs> I've got so many stories. It's almost like God made me have a different period in India every single time I went, so I oh. could really relate to the women. And I guess a couple of my favorite ones were um, my my mama was sick, so I had to, it was like an emergency trip. I went to India and we didn't really, I didn't have any family because they were in a different city. We were in Ludhiana. But I'd been sent two boys from the Bind to take care of me, to make sure that I had access to everything, make sure, you know, <laughs> I was safe. Uh-huh. So these two lads, they were probably like 18 or 19, they basically stuck to me the whole time. They wouldn't let me out of their sight. And I remember, oh, it was also the coldest time I'd ever been to Punjab. It was like January or something. And I remember I, I hadn't prepared that well for it, so I was basically wearing every single item of clothing that I had in layers, and I looked like the Michelin man. <laughs> I had this massive jacket I was kind of waddling around. I just cause I had so many clothes on. So now I started and I thought, oh, sugar, I started. So I remember um, trying to get rid of the two boys because I couldn't take them with me to the chemist, right? And, I, and I'd been to this hospital before, so I knew where the chemist was. So first the conversation started. I'm just going over, I'm just going for a walk. I need some fresh air. Oh, we'll come with you. No, 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 I'm okay. I just need to go by myself. No, no, but we'll come with you. No, really, I need to go. So I leave them. They leave me for a few minutes. And I do a beeline to the chemist. And the chemist was like this L-shaped shop. We had a group of men on this side, and then there was like two girls standing on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I go over to the girls. I don't know any of the brands, so I ask them for pads. Um, They pick up a packet of pads, and she kind of chucks it across to the other side where the group of men are. So I have to go over to where the men are. Oh, God. And then the man picks up the packet of pads, puts them into a black plastic bag. You know, he, he you can actually envisage this whole process. So he gets the packet and takes out a bag, puts them in the bag, and then he ties the bag. It's this long, lengthy process while all these, all these other men are just standing there looking at you. Oh, my God. And then <laughs> this black plastic bag and... I can see the two lads coming towards me. So I have to kind of shove it in my jacket and I've got a big bulge coming out. And then, um, I'm sorry, this story gets worse. Um, I go back into the hospital and I say to them, I need to go to the bathroom. And they said, Badgy, let's go over there first and then we can go to the bathroom because it's all the way on the other side of the hospital. I said, no, I need to go now. So... They let me go. <laughs> Can you believe it? They actually let me go. <laughs> I go into the toilet and it's um, a latrine. So it's a latrine. It's a very wet floor. Um, there's no handle. So you can't, you know, you're go di- my knees won't bend. <laughs> and I'm standing there thinking, how? And it's so cold. 
as well. And th this is this is the reality, right? Because the girls don't have toilets, they don't even have bins, they don't have toilet paper. Like I know it's it's a Western privilege, perhaps, because maybe they don't need it or whatever. But this whole idea of all the things that we take for granted are so prevalent there. You know, for example, in Nepal, I don't know if you know this, but in Nepal, if um, you're on your period, you're sent to what's called a chopri hut, and it's an outdoor building. Um, it's a place like where you would perhaps put your cattle, but it's really low because it's built specifically for women when they're bleeding, menstrual huts, oh my God. in other words. So when you're period, you're shunned to the menstrual hut and you could be a little, little girl that's 12 and you're on your own. You could be a mother that's sent there. Um, there's been cases of women being raped because although you're on your period and you're dirty, you're not dirty to rape. Um, oh. And there's women and girls who've been bitten by snakes and died and smoke inhalation and stuff because they're trying to keep warm. I mean, there's so many different cultural practices around the world that are mm -hmm. absolutely against women. So I laugh because yeah. I've experienced some of those things, but fundamentally it's it's quite horrific, you know, that what we have to go through as women and why it's so important to kind of change um, mm -hmm. and understand that this is actually quite important for us it, it is and sorry i didn't want to i have a really ex funny story to uh telling you the importance of why it's really not that funny but you know, but it's, because we can relate to it right are really important because we, we do take a lot of things in the western world for granted and like you said just having a, a clean toilet um our public toilets we they may not be up to our standard but compared to what's available in other countries like india um they are like five-star toilets. That's our public toilets here, right? Um, trying to go to a public toilet in India, I would never do it. I mean, I've been to India, I go every year. Um, and in my earlier years, yes, the horror stories, absolutely. But just what you said, in the winter, in a, in a little booth, I don't even know what to call it, with a hole in the floor, right, which just there's a, the stench I can I can smell the stench um <clears throat> and you're trying to crouch over a hole no toilet paper <laughs> no bin how do you do it you know well I remember I had to shove it back into my pocket and I had to carry this pad all day because there wasn't a bin and I wasn't I, I wasn't ready to throw it on the floor like everybody else on the ground like yeah, everybody else does so it's 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 interesting the things that we take for granted in in our public toilets in the stalls you've got the little bins that you can throw it in so it's a little bit more private and personal right but you don't have that there so there's not enough support for women when they are menstruating um and it should be there should be something available in public restrooms out there well it goes back to the other uh, the other campaign that we did was um do you know that most women in the UK and the US use toilet paper to manage the periods? We all use toilet paper because if we start and we don't have a pad in our pocket, we're going to a, a public loo and we'll grab some toilet paper and we'll shove it in our underwear. Mm -hmm. We live in the West. We live in the West. It's a civilised society, the universe, and yet we use toilet paper to manage our cycles. So we've been pushing this campaign because why do we have toilet paper in every single public school? 
because men need it. If the facility the facility managers will find out that if they put free menstrual products in toilets, the consumption of toilet paper will decrease and menstrual products will kind of pay for itself. And at the moment, we're subjected to buying pads from vending machines. Two pounds for a pad or one pound for a Why should we have to pay to have dignity and respect? I, I agree. Why? We have to buy the product anyway, which is overpriced. It costs one cent to make one pad. I know this because of the work that we do in India, yet we pay three pound for eight pads or ten pads or whatever. It's the most expensive product, and yet they make so much money from us every month because they know that I think it's like, I can't remember if it's $83 billion market, this menstrual product space, and we're all we're going to bleed for like four decades of our lives. Wow. But we let, our, we let our girls bleed, actually. They start bleeding at ages of eight and nine. They bleed every month for four decades of their lives without adequate in, information. Like, can you imagine a girl of eight starting her period and not really understanding what's going on? And yet we say, oh, you're now grown up and ready as a woman. You become a woman. You know, we have conversations yeah. like that with our eight and nine year olds because that's what we've been told. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, that's, oh, I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm flabbergasted. That's the word. That is the word of today's show because that's, that's, so true that for four decades of a woman's life she's going to be menstruating right but there's no means like you can get free contraception right there's places where you can get that and that's great it's wonderful to have that but what about for women who need pads where do they go if they can't afford it and how how do they d have to deal with it they're going to end up putting their bodies into harmful situations using things that are not clean things that are going to hurt them and i'm just i'm sad that we're still in a world where this exists and this is a problem well and, and I, as you um, mentioned that we haven't really touched on some of the things that women use around the world so for the homeless in the uk it would be um, either toilet paper but predominantly newspaper or socks um, in the Gambia, it's animal fat. Um, it could be animal skin. It could be leaves. It could be sitting on a hole for a week. Um, oh cow dung. What? Um, what? It, it, yeah, because cow dung is absorbent, so they might put like a, a leaf on it. Because imagine when there's poverty, right? You don't mm. you don't have access oh to different things. Some, like, I guess the stories that stick, stick out the most was... And one girl said to me she used um, a chocolate box carton. I said, what do you mean a chocolate box carton? She said, you know what, you put your biscuits in, you take your biscuits out of. I said, and then what did you do? And she said, well, she put cotton wool in it. And I said, okay. And, that, you know, this idea of a cardboard box, I know that's not very absorbent. And I can just imagine how uncomfortable it was. And I said, so well, what did you do? Did you, what did you do? And she said, I didn't do anything. She couldn't leave the house. So the problem is that when girls don't have access to products in these developing worlds, they drop out of school. 
right? So mm-hmm. a 12 year old girl starts a period, she doesn't have access to mental products. She doesn't want to go to school anymore. And then what do they do? They marry her off and then you perpetuate this cycle of poverty. So oh the, the massive change um, needs to happen so that we can allow girls to climb out of that poverty cycle. In fact, I think a recent stat that I read was um, if you keep an additional 10% of girls in school, you could increase a country's GDP by 2%. Wow. Wow. And I have those numbers in for our men audience because that's kind of what we do, right? We've got to make it interesting and numbers help them to perhaps understand more so than maybe the pain or the difficulty of managing the cycle. Wow. And again, a very important point that you brought up, young girls that don't have access to safe menstruation products that are in you know situations of poverty they're going to drop out of school that just makes sense now that you've pieced it together and you know kind of shown us how the jigsaw puzzle looks when it's pieced together when we look at it from a distance we don't think about those things but they're real factors and I'm just you know I'm thinking about the UK as well people who you know they're, they're on the poorer end of the spectrum that would be a really big problem for young girls as well like how would they go to school when they're on their period i don't know if schools do schools in the uk provide free menstrual pads well one of our successful campaigns a couple of years ago was um with philip hammond who was a chancellor at the time to agree to put free menstrual products into all schools. So this year they had free menstrual products into in schools. But of course, the pandemic uh, kicking in back in March, now mm-hmm. all of these girls are at home again and they don't have access. So these pandemics and uh, humanitarian disasters, they just make it 10 times worse for women. Absolutely. Everything makes it more difficult. And is there a any support that they're able to access um, if, for people who are on lockdown at the moment that don't have the means to be able to purchase menstrual pads? Is there any place that they could go to get some support? Yeah, so we're providing um, products during the pandemic. We also provide products to refugee centres, to uh, food banks, homeless shelters. So if anybody knows of an organisation that needs them, then to get in touch and uh, we'll, we'll provide them with them. Thank you, Manjeet. Oh, my God, I'm just like, my mind is blown right now. I'm, I can't get over half of the things that you've shared. And we've spoken about this many times. I've been through the Binti Ambassador training, right? So um, there were things that I knew already from the training, but there's so many things today that I've learned brand new. And I hope that that's the same for everybody who's joining us as well. Last week, um, we talked with Peter about um, the Gurdwara Central Kalsajatha in London being the only Gurdwara in the world, I believe, maybe there's more, that has an active period policy. Um, And Peter, you know, like he shone a little light for us to tell us, help us understand what a period policy is. Um, Can you, in your own words, just... um, help people who weren't tuned in last week to understand what a period policy is? 
Yeah, so essentially, as Sikhs, we have food kitchens or langar, right? And this is where the kind of the idea came from. You can go into any godwara in the world and you can access food if you don't have access to food. Mm-hmm. And with all of this poverty around menstruation, I thought, well, we could actually, as as Sikhs, we could actually eradicate menstrual poverty in overnight if we wanted to. And this would be by letting any woman come into the Godwara and have access to period products. The other thing, of course, is we if we want to talk about taking the shame away from menstruation, then it's about having those conversations in the Godwara, getting our community to understand that um, there is no shame around periods. Mm. It is something that is normal. Um, and also, I guess the third thing was that we're just talking about equality from a simple perspective. Like mm-hmm. if if the fact remains today that not all women can do seva in all Gurdwara, then we need to change that. So that's kind of where it came from. So right now, Kalsajatho is the only place of worship anywhere in the world that provides premenstrual products. Anybody can go in there, any woman, they're there in the bathroom, you just pick one up and you need you take what you, you what you need. And is that a place where people could go during lockdown if they're in London and they need access to free menstrual products? Not at the moment because of the uh, the places of worship um, have been closed, but when they open up again, then yes. Okay. Okay. And what? Okay. But we want to get other people involved as well, right? So, yeah. Like, if we're, I mean, even during the pandemic, right, we have all of these wonderful Sikh organizations around the world. We're doing seva, we're providing langar to many people, um, despite the fact that we're in lockdown. And it's just, it's just, it's kind of part a part of who we are. We can't let other people suffer. If there's something that we can do that's so easy, then why don't we do it? It's not a case of, it's not even a big sell, right? I'm not going into an organization and saying, you know what, I need 50,000 pounds and then we're going to provide free products for all of the women in Birmingham, for example. Mm-hmm. This is something that if Guru Nanak Devji was still around today, he would be on the case with me. He'd agree completely. Let's bring equality. We keep talking about equality. Let's create this change. It's an easy one. Right. It's not even a, a big We donate bags of rice. Why don't we donate menstrual products as well? If that's if, yeah. if it's the community that wants to help and not bring the cost perhaps to the Godwara, then us women, we pay it forward. Every time yeah. you buy a packet for yourself, buy it for someone else and donate it to the Godwara. Or donate it to wherever you are, you know, wherever you know that women uh, may not have access. It's an easy one to fix. That's, I think it's easy. Does it sound really easy? That sounds easy. And I think that's an awesome suggestion in just retuning what we see as being valuable. Like we give things um, to the Gurdwara, we donate um, because we feel that that's a noble gesture. We give food or we give the items of food that are commonly used there in that space. We don't often think about other things that are needed. And I think that that would be amazing. Um, the flip side of it is what about Gurdwari that are not so forthcoming with period policy or period education? Could you imagine how the men would react when they're opening the bags of milk 
and sugar. And all of a sudden, there's a pack of pads in there. Yeah, but we can put them in. I mean, I think it is about change, right? So if we go back to right at the beginning where I said we have to teach the boys to, if we if their puberty is as important as ours, then this is how we're going to create that change moving forward because then the boys won't be disgusted or the men won't be disgusted if they see the pads. The easy option, of course, is just take the pads, put them into the toilets, but that doesn't really create that change. We don't want it to be something hush-hush and never, because we're afraid of talking about it. We're afraid, what, what will people say? What will happen if they see a packet of pads? I mean, yeah. it's clean. It doesn't get any cleaner than, they're, they're, they're so clean, right? They're just in a packet. No, they've never been touched before. Don't donate open packets, please. Always donate closed packets for that reason, because they're uh, cleaner. Um, and you know, think about someone else having the same dignity that you would if mm. you're on your cycle. And the same product that you would use. Don't start sending cheaper products and stuff because everybody, you know, we're, we're all the same. We all need that. I wouldn't even call period products a luxury, but I think sometimes they are a luxury, right? Yeah. You know, how many times have we sat in a meeting at work and? Suddenly we start and we just sit there and think, oh, God, we've started. Hope nobody <laughs> noticed. And then, we're, you know, you want to close your legs tighter and tighter. because, And then we go to the toilet and there's nothing in the toilet. And we have to find a boots or a super drug or whatever to go and get a packet. Yeah. And that think about that wasted time in, in work. If there's anybody in HR, think about all of those wasted hours that, um, add up, you know, that return on investment of ensuring all of your women have access to products in businesses and schools. Right. It's all very, it's all comparative, right? It's, it can, it, we can change the world with simple gestures. And just because you've never experienced it, just because you've never been told that you can't do seva when you're on your period, it does not mean that other women haven't. And that, I think Peter alluded to that last week. Yes. Um, when he said that we got quite a bit of stick, yeah. I was horrified because I can't imagine that. You know, you're a woman. If you're a woman and you've experienced, you, you, I think it's like it's one of those things that, for me, it seems easy, right? So can if you you for a second? Can you can you walk us through it? Because that was what I wanted to come to next. That um, bringing in Gurdwara reform is something that Peter said he's going to help us with. Okay, and that's how we're going to bring this into every Gurdwara. Um, but he told us that you did get a lot of slack um, at the Gurdwara from the women, and that was what what I was surprised about. Um, so, what happened? Okay, let's see, where can I start? I remember, actually, I was, so we decided to do a Sukhumani sidebar in, um, to launch the period policy. And um, it was a, it, t it took two years to find Peter. I know that sounds like quite a big dramatic thing, but it took me the longest time to find someone who could stand with me. And uh, if you listen to Peter's interviews last year across India, this man, he can talk about periods in Punjabi better than any woman I've ever spoken to can. And, <laughs> and it's kind of phenomenal in such, a, in such a dignified manner. And he doesn't even, 
you know, there's nothing, there's no hesitance there. He says it as if it's the most normal thing ever. So when I found him um, and we were able to get the period policy started, what we, what happened was we decided to book the Sukhumi side part and that night we did a big event, all the women wore red and, oh yeah, all the women wore red. And then this interesting thing happened because somebody else double booked on the same night and they kind of um, called the event Empower Women. So imagine we've already got our stuff booked and this person, she, I don't know, she wanted wasn't happy that we were doing this. So I kind of leave that politics aside, but there was a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. Imagine thinking to yourself that you have to go into the Godwara, you're going to stand by the podium, and you're going to talk to everybody about periods. Like that was how I was feeling. I know that feels perhaps maybe I should have been a bit more confident about it, but I wasn't sure if I was going to say it in Punjabi or if I was going to say it in English. I had no idea who would be in the audience for that day, whether there'd be 200 people there or 500 people. But it was really, I mean, I pushed myself. I pushed myself to positions of things where I haven't done before. So I was quite nervous about the whole thing. And then, you know, you've got your friends coming in and people that you know, people to support you. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking past... Um, going from the kitchen up to the longer, to the main hall. And this woman, she came out from the ladies' toilets and she said, see, look what you've done. Go on then, unblock the toilet with that sanitary pad. And I looked at her and I thought, what, what? You know, because I was just, there, there was lots of people walking around. Mm -hmm. And this is what this woman said to me. And I just looked at her curiously and I thought, are you having a laugh? If the <laughs> toilet's blocked. Call the plumber, do I look like someone who's gonna? Well, what are you saying? You know, what did it actually mean? Are you annoyed that we've got period products in the toilets for women, or are you having a go at me for launching this policy? So mm -hmm. that was the, the one of the first things that happened. And then I remember going up to the podium, and if you think that I'm not speaking very loudly now, imagine that the podium's taller than anyone, and then you're in the front of the whole, all of the Sangat, and I shouldn't have this idea that um, people won't understand, but you always have this idea that, oh, my God, it's the Godwara. Oh, my God, it's the Godwara. We should be in Gitan. We should be talking about other things, you know, in the back Very of my head. Things, right? those voices <laughs> about periods. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, um, Gurpreet Singh Anand, who's the president, mm -hmm. this guy, you know, it, these, I mean, I'm so fortunate to have these wonderful men in my life because – when I can't do it, they do it. So he was standing next to me, and as soon as I said, he introduced me, he kind of said everything anyway, and then I said what I said, and then he finished it off for me. And it's, it's all about language. When you talk about something with passion and you make it sound authoritative and you have that confidence, then, you, then what you're saying makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a few days later there was a, this same person um, decided to share her viewpoint about the fact that we don't have this issue in Sikki. What do you mean we have period shame and stigma? You, you're making this up. I don't believe you. What do you mean women don't have access to products? I've never met anyone that doesn't have access. And I think I was just horrified. And, and again, this idea of just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen to anyone else. Yes. And this is where women don't seem to support each other. 
we all, we all bleed, right? Mm -hmm. We all have good, bad and ugly period stories. So we may not all, so we can all relate to um, something that isn't comfortable. Maybe right. we can't all relate to starving or not having water because we haven't experienced it. But as women, we all know that feeling, that idea of, oh, my God, I might have leaked or, oh, my God, I don't have a, a pad with me, that fear, right? We, we can all mm -hmm. relate to it. Oh, yeah. So is it yeah. really that difficult to understand that if someone doesn't have it, what, what their life might be like? Like, is it really that difficult to imagine that some people don't have access, even in yeah. our own country? I think this is where we Why would I mean that? compassion, you know? Exactly what you said. Why would you? Why make would that? I? Make exactly. Yeah, can you imagine me talking about periods for the past six years of my life, nearly seven days a week? Because for what? What? What reason or rhyme does it make sense for why I would you were do bored, that? Right? Because you had nothing better to do that day. <laughs> so you thought, let me go to the Gurdwara <laughs> and let me talk to them about periods from the Gurdwara podium. <laughs> why not? This is the thing. This is the thing. You have to normalize it because. Even talking to the Gyanni took me courage. Yeah. Now, I was, I was, I guess right at the beginning, I thought, okay, when I speak to a man or when I speak to an auntie, or mm -hmm. I, I kind of had those different profiles and those people that are respected in the community. And how would I say it to them? Because in the beginning, it was really, what's the word for period in Punjabi? They would say, the, in India, they say menses. I don't understand why. Um, or they say mina aya, like, the the month is here that's what that literally means um and that's I what said, I, mean. I asked my mom yeah I asked my mom I said mom what's the Punjabi word for period and she said monthly <laughs> I said mom <laughs> monthly is an English word it's not a Punjabi word and she <laughs> so I'm trying to trying to pitch your vision in Punjabi I don't know how Peter does it, but just imagine trying to, you've got all of that shame in your own head and all of those things that you're trying to peel away from yourself with all the stuff yeah. that we've been taught. And that you're also trying to find the language mm -hmm. that so makes sense. Do you know what we have to do? We have to tag team, okay? And we have to, we need the Sangat support, okay, to build us a world tour where we go around to every Gurdwara. I'll do Kirtan, okay? And you'll be talking and helping to educate about menstrual education and dignity. And we bring in period policy to every Gurdwara. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be that life-changing. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. So that's going to be our yeah. plan, okay? That's our 10-year plan. It might be uh, slowed down a little bit by the pandemic and no travel for so, so when the world opens back up, this is our planning time. We've got England. We can do a Gurdwara in England right now. There you go. So I would say to everybody who's joining us, who's tuning in, that if you're if you're in connection with a Gurdwara, or you lo you know you've got your local Gurdwara, speak to them and speak to the committee about bringing in period policy and reach out to Binti to help to install it. Um, it's something that we need in every single Gurdwara. And as you said, every restroom should have menstruation pads or products available for women for when that happens. And we've we've all been there. Um, 
I wanted to touch on something that you were saying about the lady who made the comment to you. Um, the the lack of understanding when we haven't experienced something is it's it just amplifies the volume of ignorance, and that's what I feel. Um, maybe I'd be sitting on that side of the wall of ignorance if I hadn't have had my own experiences. I would sit in my um, comfortable chair of Sikhi and Sikhism and say, these are the ideals that the gurus taught, therefore this is how it should be. And I would believe that to be the truth unless I actually have an experience of my own which is contrary to that. Mm -hmm. But if I have one experience, I might put that down to just that one person having a bad day and kind of just, you know, giving me bad advice or making me feel bad. But when it's happened multiple times in different Gurdwari, in different parts of the world, not even parts of the same country, I can say mm -hmm. with full confidence and trust that this is a real issue. In our Gurdwari, across the world, I am yet to experience a Gurdwara that allows women to sit with Guru Granth Sahib and do part while they're on their period and say that that's okay and that it's not a sin. That's what I have been told, that it is Baap. Baap means sin. Um, I was also told that... Sorry? Um, I do know one Gurdwara, you can do that. Is that central Gurdwara Khalsa Jatha? Okay, yes. awesome. It is. Awesome. So that's where, <laughs> that's where everyone's going to go flocking to as soon as lockdown opens up. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. When you're on your period. <laughs> you know, the fact that if you tell them, I mean, there's the whole bunch of women who will carry on and they'll do their thing and they'll make their spiritual connection in those spaces and still perform normally just by zipping it, not telling anybody that you're on your period. And I guess this is full disclosure right here. That's what I did because I don't believe that I am dirty when I'm on my period. I believe that I am a creation of God, of a Kaal Puruk. Therefore, everything and every way that my body functions is part of that perfection of nature. And I don't, I can't see that to be wrong or to be dirty. So... Um, I I carry on my practice. I'll still perform kirtan. I'll I'll do my seva because I believe that if my heart and my intentions are in the right place, those things are they're irrelevant and they're not shameful. But there has to be more support around it for women. There should not be the language spoken to young girls um, or even women that they're not allowed to because they are on their period. That's contradictory to what Sikhi teaches. So anybody who's in an illusion, who thinks that this doesn't happen, and it may be just that one Gurdwara in the middle of nowhere, I'm telling you from my experience, that is not the case. It is multiple Gurdwara, most probably all of them, because they all are educated with the same mentality. I now can tell you two Gurdwara that don't restrict you. One is Gurdwara, Central Khalsa Jatha in London. The other one is Espinola, Espinola, New Mexico Gurdwara. Sorry, I couldn't say that properly <laughs> in the USA. So at least we know there's two places that are, are welcoming us when we should be celebrated as women, right? 
Sorry, I needed to do my little run. It's good. I mean, you, you've experienced it yourself, right, internationally, and that I've experienced it through the last six years of our work. These girls tell me they can't. So if they can't, they can't. They're not making it up. And most of them, you know, the other thing also to remember is that this isn't a conversation that you can send out a survey and the girls are going to give you all the right answers or tell you the truth mm -hmm. because this isn't something that we want to admit, right? We don't want to admit that we're on our period. We don't want to admit that we didn't have a pad in the Godwara. I mean, what kind of Bisharam are we, right, that we yeah. went to the Godwara without a pad in our bag? Like, we start, we don't even know when we're going to start. Just just to give the guys a sense of perspe uh, perspective here, right? We do not know when we're going to start from one second to the next. Yes. So when, when we start, we need something. And right now, we all use toilet paper. Yes. So if that's acceptable. Most, like some women are fortunate to have like a regular cycle and they can kind of calculate mm -hmm. when their next period is going to come. Um, and then there are the very special blessed women in which category I fall in um, that since day one, I have had irregular periods, which means they'll come whenever they want. They will last for as long as they want. I have zero control and they're going to like wreak havoc on your emotions, on your hormones on everything so anybody who's out there who thinks that periods are easy and we are not well prepared for them the only way we could be prepared for them is if literally every single day we just carry around menstruation products in our bag just in case and it's, it's always going to be that one day if you forget it that's the day it's going to start that's when it's going to happen yeah. and, and again just imagine also that um this if we can call it discrimination, somebody here just has said that as far as I know, the Godwaras in Malaysia and Singapore don't discriminate. Well, as far as I knew, the Godwaras in the UK um, and India didn't discriminate. But it's only when you start digging and yeah. you ask the girls the question. Go and do it. Go, go to um, the Godwara and tell them that you're on your period yeah. and that you want to do Bart and see what they respond to you. I think that's what that's how you're going to find out. Yeah ask questions is when you ask questions and again it's not it's not even asking questions it's how you ask the question if you say around periods that was my uh worst Punjabi ever but they're gonna say no you know if you give them a yes or no answer they're gonna say yes or no they're not gonna you know let's ask open questions well how many product how many times has some has a girl asked you for period products Never. Oh, does that mean that they've never needed them? Or does it mean that you've never had them and they've never asked? And, you know, this. remember we were speaking to a girl a couple of days ago, this um, Muslim girl, and she said that, oh, she would go into the mosque and she'd buy period products in the shop in the mosque. Give me a break. You can't even go into the mosque when you're on your period. Why would they sell period products there? Right. So that was the question. That was Safira. When I asked her, I was like, hypothetically, if you were in the prayer hall, and if we put the same equivalent to the Gurdwara, right? Imagine you're sitting inside the prayer hall at the Gurdwara, right? And you get your period. What would you do? That was what I asked her, right? And she was like, there's a shop there. My, I would go there. And she was like, I'm not even sure if they have anything, right? And isn't that interesting that it's something that we've never thought about? 
So imagine like everyone watching and listening, if that happened to you, if you're in the Gurdwara, in the middle of like a ceremony or something happening, or you're just, you know, you're sitting there with your family, but you have that, that dreaded feeling where you know, you know, it's begun. It's on. <laughs> Oh. And you have the music in your mind playing. Dun, dun, dun. What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I know I keep interrupting you, but it's like, I think it's just like really bringing up a lot of things because it's so, so important. And it's not anything, it's not something that people talk about. And they're not talking about it enough. And there's not enough people doing something about it. Right. And it's what you just said. If you ask anybody at the Gurdwara, if you ask the Gyanni that have you ever been in this situation, has anybody ever asked you for a pad? He's going to say no. And they're going to think the reason I was never asked is because it's not an issue. Right? I, I remember we did a, a menstrual class um, last year and we had uh, two Amritdari girls that were in the class and the, one of the questions came up or an observation came up that actually when you're Amadari, then how do you, can the reusable pads that we give, can they wear them? How would they stick in their kacha, for example? And most women have to wear a pair of underwear underneath the kachara because that's the only way that the product will stick. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yes. So then there's this whole idea of, oh, my God, am I doing the right thing or am I breaking some rule or, you know, why don't we know this? Why don't we have this conversation? Because it is really important. It, we need to be able to menstruate with dignity. You know? So it was a it was a bit of a um, we had we had a, do you know I don't know if you know Buldeep Singh from Basics of Sikhi. He was in also in the training, and mm -hmm. I remember one the girl when she opened up, she said, "Oh my God, I can't believe that I'm talking about periods and I'm talking about my kashara, but this is a big thing for me." And then he said. Actually, you know, it's not really, it's really understandable. I had never even thought of this, but I can imagine that it's something that is difficult. Why do we not know this already? Why mm -hmm. when we, when we, um, you know, I, I'm trying to find the words to talk about it in a way that uh, people can relate, but it's so important. I, I agree with you. And um, just to echo what you're saying, that when you're learning about, the lifestyle of what an Orthodox Sikh or a baptized Sikh, whatever you want to call us, Amratari, right, um, lives. The practicality of, you know, okay, these are your five Ks that you're going to be wearing, but what do you do when this happens? How do you deal with your with your period when it comes every month? What what do you do? Nobody gives you that information. Um, I had to access it through other women around me. And just trying to figure out that, okay, how does this work? Um, what am I supposed to do? And I used to have to do that. So um, um, those of you that don't know, there's five Ks that are part of um, the lifestyle of a baptized and Amritari Sikh, right? And one of those is a kashera, which is, is your underwear, essentially, right? And they're like white cotton shorts. So they're white and your period's red. That's the first problem. Secondly, they're shorts. You can't attach a tampon. Uh, sorry, you can't attach a pad in there. So unless you use tampons, 
The only other alternative you have is to wear underwear and to use a pad, right? Um, why don't so you I do that? A reusable, our reusable pads have a button under the wing so they can work with the cachella. Just, I, didn't know, I didn't realize that we'd created Why? Like, to, to it's like it's one of those. Yeah, because it's just it's like the wings. The, um, a pad with wings around the cachera, it would be very uncomfortable to wear the cachera. No, because it would. The pad is the it's the gusset would fit where the cachera gusset would normally be. Okay, I have to see that. Because you can't have figure that out. Yeah, I'll have to show. It. I'll have to show. It. But it's the same yeah. width as the gusset of the cachera anyway, right? So. Okay. Can we, can we do a demonstration attach it onto a cachera yes. on the screen and show people what it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> I like that you hesitated. You're like, uh, I'm not coming back on the show again. No, that must have been the camera freezing. I'm quite happy. I, I, I have to show them how they work, in, even in India, right? The girls have never seen a pad before sometimes or... Sometimes the girls don't even wear underwear. You know, around the world, there's girls that don't have underwear because it's not a normal garment. So there's lots of education that needs to be around it. Absolutely. Um, there's one question that we've got from Kate Sparing that I want to ask you. Okay, it's, she says, is it practical to create the program with the healthier, sustainable products instead of the disposable products that, as you mentioned, are equivalent to five plastic bags? So where you yeah, offer again, um, we we always offer whatever the woman needs, right? So it's, it could be based on financial. It could, I guess, the best way to explain it is if we're um, a char as a charity, when we go to India and we want to talk about um, disposing of your pad correctly, I know they don't have bins, so I'm not going to say, oh, wrap your pad up and then throw it in the bin that would just be silly right so we have to talk talk in a conversation talk in a way that they can relate to it and they can utilize what they have locally so um all products are talked about in a way that they can then decide which ones are available for them locally and which ones they can use as well because they can afford them you know if, if a girl's having period pain we're not suggesting that they take a paracetamol we're looking at having haldi milk or what do they do when they have period pain what do they do hear the answers from them and then repeat those answers back to them so that we can kind of share the knowledge from the classroom so we offer all products based on what they need okay awesome Thank you. Thank you, Manj. Oh, my God. I didn't realize how long. I thought this was like 30 minutes. I looked at the clock. I was like, we've got 15 minutes left. We've been an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. So um, we're going to try to wrap it up soon. Um, I've got some. I've got a few um, common period myths that I want you to help us to debunk. Okay. Um, I've got like 10 of them. These were the most common ones that I came across. Some of them really made me laugh. Okay, so I'm going to read it out and I'd like you to give a response. Okay. Okay. So the first one is using tampons as a virgin will break the hymen and take a woman's virginity. False. <laughs> you know what I'm actually explain. <laughs> You know, uh, it's it's that old age myth. 
what are you sticking that I remember I don't want to admit everything but I did say that to my daughter because I didn't know at the time that that was not true it's what we learn right <laughs> because it's such a a conversation that is so enshrined with shame mm. we don't know we don't know what our vagina looks like or our vulva looks like so that's kind of that same kind of conversation it's a myth it's false no okay. we can't okay next one you can't get pregnant if you have sex during your period. You can. Sperm will stay in your body for up to, I don't know if it's week, uh, seven days or ten days. Okay. Um. <laughs> I think you look like you're surprised at that one. I, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's have a look. What's the next one? Okay, having menstrual sex is unhealthy for the woman and can kill the man. Where, where are you? Where did you find that one? <laughs> Actually, they say that most women, um, if they have sex, I googled it, and I got, I, I, I asked Google to tell me what are the, what are the biggest period myths, and this one made me laugh a lot. There's another one. There's another few as well. They're very funny. So, okay, I'm going to say it again. Having menstrual sex is unhealthy for the woman and can kill a man. Can you tell us if that's true or false? It's false because actually um, if you do have sex while you're on your period, it helps to relieve pain and nothing can kill a man, seriously, other than a man himself. He can kill himself, but you no, know, periods cannot kill a man. It's <laughs> This is a good one. A good one. <laughs> okay, all right, where are we? <laughs> All right, exercising while menstruating is unhealthy and can damage the uterus. No, it relieves pain, actually, and it helps with um, loosening things up so you're not having cramps. And it makes you feel better. Even though you think it's going to make you feel worse, it actually helps you feel better. Yeah, but again, I think it depends body to body. If you're not feeling it, take it easy. But if you feel like you can, it will help to move things. You said, is it a myth? No, it's not. If it's a myth, then I want it to be factual. It's okay. Oh, you're, you can. So please debunk that. I interrupted you and gave my own answer. <laughs> so it's not unhealthy, right? <laughs> you basically actually, yeah, you're right. How are we ever going to eradicate the, the stigma if you know the answer? You, of course you can exercise if you want to if you want to is the key right yeah if you want to okay it's not safe or healthy to swim or bath while menstruating okay so the, I'll, I'll explain um another thing that you don't know and it's probably be it's a better question than that one but sometimes people say that um you could go swimming, for example. If you were on your period, you could go swimming. And oh, the, the one that they say is um, if you're in the ocean and you're swimming, can a shark smell your blood? So the way that gravity works in the water is like, for example, if you were in the swimming pool and you're on your period, a little bit like when you're having a shower, for example, the gravity will keep the blood in so you won't leak. But as soon as you step outside of the pool, then you might have a, a gush. So I can't remember where I was going with that one, but yeah. 
So what was your the question? Was, the myth was it's not safe or healthy to swim or bath while menstruating. Yeah, don't wash your hair on Tuesday either then. <laughs> in that case. <laughs> so, okay, is what is that myth true or not true? False, false, darling. Okay, okay. Please, please bath while you menstruate. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I had a lot of fun putting these together. <laughs> okay. The next one is people can tell when you're menstruating. I suppose if you tell, if you've got period stain, if you've left a pad up in the bathroom. No, I think you, this was uh, more to do with like, you know, like from your energy or from you like people just know it's almost like there's something written on your forehead or something that when you're on people know yeah but that i think where you're going with that is that pms thing and i'm not going to go there because um if i do then i'm kind of promoting the fact that yes we can feel really terrible and people close to us can may gauge that we might be on because we're kind of snapping the way that we might once a month right so but it's kind of a, it's one, like a, as an organisation, some of our rules are, we don't joke about periods, even though they can be funny. That's kind of really important. We don't use bad language. Because if we laugh about PMS, we're never going to create that education. Once a guy is educated, then he completely understands how difficult it can be. And then we can take away the PMS. So that the answer to that question, although, yes, maybe people can tell, let's understand why you can tell, because the other person must be having a really difficult cycle or a day and do something nice instead. Sorry, didn't want to turn the tone down, but I have more rules. That's okay. No, that they're good rules to have. So um, I think it was more, but I get what you're saying, and I totally support the whole PMS thing. We'll come to that in a minute. Um so the other one is you can sorry like you don't have a, you don't have a scent you don't have a scent or you don't have an energy around you that says I'm on my period you know that isn't true thank you thank you um you can pass out from period blood loss yes you can you can die from your period you can yes really <laughs> well you were talking about toxic shock syndrome weren't you oh that is, if that's in are, isn't there so yes i guess so when you don't have like um clean menstrual products or you know the right sort of care to deal with your period then well, that's damaging right yeah so for example so, for example, toxic shocking syndrome is when you leave a tampon inserted for too long. Like sometimes if you imagine that you've put a tampon in and then you forget to take it out, mm. it can happen. Oh, my and gosh. It can actually, once you get shock, all that bacteria um, can create. It's quite severe. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, yes, you can. Okay. Be careful with tampons, ladies. Just remember that you've put one in there. Yeah, you're going to like this one. You shouldn't wash your hair during your period. Yeah, you shouldn't wash it on Tuesdays either. 
maybe we'll stick with that one, right? If I say, don't wash your hair on Tuesdays, then I'm not uh, being very serious. <laughs> so are we allowed to wash our hair when we're on the period, on, on our period, on the period? <laughs> yes, you can do live your life normally. We want to normalize it. Thank you. Thank you for letting us wash our hair while we are menstruating. We appreciate that. <laughs> All right. And you kind of already said this. You took one away, but this one I thought was the funniest, that women on their period are more likely to be attacked by sharks. I laughed so hard when I read this. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Not on Tuesdays. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So as long as you don't wash your hair and you go into the water, the shark's not going to eat you. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> see, these are all myths, right? The stigma and the taboo around it, just crazy ideas, but it's almost as crazy as, um, oh, uh, the, in India, right? You can't touch the pickle when you're on your period because if you do, the, peri uh, the pickle's going to go, go off. Really? So we have superpowers on our period. I've never heard that. It's really interesting because the girls are even see while I'm doing the class, the girls will say, "Oh yeah, they say that we can't touch the jar," and I say, "Okay." And have you ever touched it? And some of them will giggle and they'll go, "Yes." And I'll say, "Well, what happened?" And they'll say, "Nothing." <laughs> so they even know, right? Test it themselves just to see if it actually works. That's um, but the, it, it's so deeply ingrained, isn't it? It's hard to touch I'm gonna, it. I know, I'm going to do this next time I go to India. I'm going to go to my relative's house. I'm going to tell them I'm on my period, and I'm going to reach for the bottle of pickle, of a jar. I'm going to touch it, and I'm going to see what happens. Don't even – also, don't touch the crops either. So if they've got lesson or garlic growing in the, you know, in in the, the yard, field. don't touch it. Everything's going to die. Gonna die, I'm going to yeah. go dance through the field now. Look at what you're going to make me do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anybody who's in India, that's what you need to do. Test it out. See if you've got superpowers when you're on your period. That You make the crops die and you make the pickle go bad. Well, you know, you're asking this myth as if you live in Australia. Like, let's choose ones that are relevant. <laughs> can you is a shark if you're on your period let's talk about the achar right and the fact that you can't oh my god this is good I, I, this is so funny <laughs> thank you you can't, you can't do keep them when you're on your period well i've already debunked that one i already told you that i've been doing it so maybe i'm going you know <laughs> to bad places but i don't think so at all like i said for me that time of the month is to be celebrated not for us to be shaming each other and, you know, pushing us into corners and making us whisper into each other's ears or hiding pads and tampons up our sleeves, right? I didn't realize that I did that until we talked about it um, at the ambassador training, right? And I was like, oh, my God, I do all of those things. Um, but since then, I haven't. And um, I guess my transformation was that I would never really tell anybody when I'm on my period, maybe my friends. Um, but I wouldn't tell my, my family, my brothers, right? But now I will. If I'm not feeling good or anything, I'll just tell my brother I'm on my period. Um, 
and I know that he would go and get me pads and things if I needed them, but I don't need them. So he'll ask me if I need anything. Like, he's like, do you need some ice cream? What do you want to, would you want to watch something? So he's lovely. And I was like, why did I never not tell you before? Why did I feel, why did I feel ashamed about saying it to you? Right. So I think it's how we're met with it as well. And I'm, I'm fortunate that my brother is really, really supportive and really amazing. So he made it, he makes it fun. You've made, you've created that space for him and he's going to be a, a much more empathetic man when one day he gets married and has a wife or when he has his daughter. So you've created that legacy just by the way that you opened up and talked about it. So that's what we do. You know, the ripple effect of talking about it is, is perfect. It's, it's the, the chain reaction. And it was, I mean, I've had my period since I was 11 years old, right? And for more than two decades of my life, I've lived with that, but never spoken about it with him until the last couple of years after I met you. <laughs> and you helped me to realize that, hang on, I've got some unlearning to do. Um, and I need to put in better systems for myself and not feel ashamed about it. So, um, I appreciate that a lot and I, I appreciate how we're paying it forward. Like it's rippling through us and hopefully everybody who's here listening to us. And um, that's so funny. Somebody just put something funny and they were like, <laughs> touch your enemies when you're on your period. <laughs> that's how you'll test if you have a superpower or not. <laughs> you might just end up giving, giving them a hug. And because you feel so open maybe that they're no longer your enemy and become family or friends. So that would be nice, right? Um, Manj, I've got a, a couple of very, very final questions for you. Um, this has been so much fun. I want to say how much I've appreciated and enjoyed this. Um, I want to ask, what is, your, what is your dream with Binti? If you could do anything anything if you could achieve anything with it what would it be well i guess right now um today as i'm sitting at, at seeknet with core voices it would be to put period policies in every single quarter around the world okay. do you hear that yes i heard you to have period policy in every single quarter in the world and this is where we need the sangat to come in and support us we need platforms like this to help us to create those connections and spaces um and I hope that we can make that happen. Um, where is, oh, hang on, there's a question that came in. It says, what do you do if you open up to your, your siblings, but they still find it disgusting? We have to kind of explain, you've got to kind of have a general conversation, right? What is disgusting about it? Do they know that they exist because their mum had a period? Uh, do they? Uh, it, once you once you hone it down to, we're all here because of a period. Like, if God thought it was disgusting, would He give us that disgust? Really, you know, it's all. It's almost a part. If as part of Sikhi, it's learning, isn't it? So yeah. as part of Sikhi, we have to change the way and we connect in a way. It's about changing that connection. Absolutely, and to ourselves. Oh, yes, before that's exactly what I was going to say. Before you change, you change yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't connect with how your body functions and find beauty and joy in that, you won't be able to convey that to anybody else if you yourself feel ashamed about it. So I think the first step is liberating ourselves from that notion of shame. And yeah. that can come through education um, and just 
seeing it differently, not seeing it as something dirty or impure or sinful or any of those negative things. See it as something that is life-giving, that is empowering, that is enriching, right? It brings lives into the world. So that's what that's how we should be talking about our periods. Yeah, and, and you can't have a teacher training a child around menstrual education unless they have eradicated the shame themselves. And um, another tool that I can easily say is available is um, listen to Peter Verdi say in Punjabi. There you go. <laughs> and it changes everything. If you, if every you single speak thing, Punjabi so. or you understand Punjabi, listen to Peter Verdi talk about periods in Punjabi. <laughs> I like that. And my last question for you, Manj, is where, where do you see Binti in the next five years? I think that's an interesting one because I remember when we first set up, people said, um, we've done a really good job and we're really successful if our charity isn't needed anymore mm. because then we would have eradicated the shame, we would have given, made sure everyone has products and um, the mental education is provided. But actually today what I realise is that this is something that's going to be required forever because we're always going to be required to teach the next generation about periods. And it's going to take a few generations before we can create that massive change from a perspective of normalizing the conversation around periods. It may be that, you know, in a beautiful place, if all of the gods around the world were to provide free products for anybody that needs them, much like we do with Langer, maybe we can eradicate poverty around periods but the education is still going to be there. And if amazing. all women, like, you know, finally, if all women can do all seva in Godware, then we eradicate the stigma and the shame. Mm. So then we've hit three things. And this is before I even go to any other people of faith or other religions. But if we can do that within Sikhi, then we've empowered our women, haven't we? Ultimately, yeah. we're living as we're supposed to be as Sikh women and the Sikh community. So for me, if I, you know, the other thing I always said to myself was that I can't go after, I can't go into mandirs or mosques or churches until I know how to do it in the Godwara myself. Because that's, you know, you have to do it in your own home before you do it somewhere else. Yes. So it's really, really important to have that confidence with the Godwara and our Sikhs to let them realise that, we can we we have the we have this tool in our hands and the fingertips that to create this change that can last forever. So, if those those were my dreams, I didn't know when I first started that I was doing seva. All I did was start a charity because I needed to make sure I couldn't live with the fact that women didn't have access to menstrual products. So this has become part of my spiritual journey over the past six years as well, and I think that's like the biggest part of what keeps me um, motivated and inspired is that it's kind of what I was made to do, I think. So I agree with I'm that. I'm grateful. I also meet people like you. You know, I've got so many people like you in my life. You've helped me with my own journey as well. So, um, again, I should be thanking you for all the things that you've done for me over the few years that we've known each other. It's, you know, this is what Sangat is, right? that we enrich each other's journeys and support each other through our journey of life and Sikhi as well. Hana. There's so much, like an abundance, even today that I've learned from you. And I know that there's so much I still need to learn. 
And I think it's us coming together as, as a Sangat, as a collective, everybody who's in this space, who's listening to us, to know how important this is. And it's not something that you can, you know, close your eyes to or turn away and say, oh, it's not a real problem. They're just making a fuss about nothing. We are two Punjabi Sikh women who have sat here and spoken to you the last two hours, helping you to understand that this is a real problem. And um, I like what you said, that um, for an organization to not have to exist means that you achieved your purpose, right? That's a beautiful aim. Maybe that will be our 100-year aim with Binti, right? But our five-year aim could be, and this is where we need the support of the Sikh community, um, is to bring period policy into every Gurdwara across the world. And that's our individual responsibility to reach to our places of worship, our Gurdwara nearby to us, and make that connection with Binti. That's what Binti is there to do, to support and to create that space. Um, I urge you to go and check out Binti period org Manjeet, from the bottom of my heart i thank you i love you you're amazing thank you so much for doing everything that you do and we need you back on the show we need a lot more education okay we've already decided what those lessons are going to look like okay <laughs> you need to educate us thank you now thank you for making the time and the space it's a huge honor to be on your show and to be with Seeknet and talking to your audience around something that is so simple, actually. Thank you so much. Thank you, Manjeet. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. You've been listening to Core Voices, and we are going to see you again next week.